Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast, Made Man. Couple quick show notes. Yesterday was August 1st, the one year anniversary of Made Man. It was one year ago today that I put up my first episode, watched the first episode of Mad Men, and today I just watched episode two of season five, Tea Leaves, or The Tea Leaves. I don't remember already. Now, in actuality, it's technically episode three, but I'm going by Netflix rules. The first episode was a two-parter, so I'm combining that as one episode, as Netflix did, and going forward, if you if the the episode numbers are off, it's because of Netflix. Blame them. Uh, and one other thing, you may notice my voice is smooth and sultry this evening. Uh, a deep voice, really made for public radio or Mad Men podcasts. And the reason for that is I did something very on Mad Men yesterday. I went to a heavy metal concert. Uh, I saw a, a British heavy metal band by the name of Iron Maiden. Now, um, very unrelated to Mad Men. They're my favorite band of all time, and this is my tenth time seeing them in concert. I actually do a podcast about Iron Maiden as well. Not weekly. And um, definitely uh, not, as per- not as frequently. Now, last week, I missed Friday night. I couldn't get the episode up until Saturday morning. Then I screwed up. I, it was a two-parter, and I accidentally put the second part first and the first part second. I switched it, fixed it, uh, so hopefully most of you got it the correct way. But um, this week, it's a one-parter. This is the only episode. This is the only half. There's no section, second part. So I'm ready to talk about tea leaves, and I have to tell you, I already forget how the episode starts. I know everything that happened, but it's like, wait, what happened when? I cannot believe it. I believe, I think our episode starts with, oh, fat Betty, bam, lamb, whoa, fat Betty, bam, lamb, fat Betty. Okay, that's awful, awful to say, but um, I was at work once and a coworker said to me, have you got to Fat Betty yet? And uh, I said to her, no, I haven't got to her to yet. And she just laughed. She goes, well, let me, let me know when you, get, when you get there. And I had no idea about this. I was like, no, a spoiler. What are they talking about? That can't be right. Um, and I just, um, that, there's an there's a old song called, oh, Black Betty, by Am Lim. So that is the first thing that popped in my head. Awful, awful. I'm a terrible person. I don't care. I thought it was funny. Um, and this just came out of the blue because we did not see... Betty at all uh, at the beginning of the last episode. We saw the kids for a second. We saw their giant new home. They got dropped outside, but we hadn't seen Betty at all. And all of a sudden, here she is. Um, She can't fit into a dress. And believe me, if I'm out of order, you know at this point, the whole damn show is out of order. Uh, So let's just stay with Betty's story. Let's just go there. And, and take it all the way through. And they crisscrosses with the other stories. But Betty put on some weight. And 
you know, it's weird because you know, like, you can only do weight gain, fat suits, whatever you want to call it. You can only do it so well. And I feel like this is a, this was like part digital, I don't know if it was digital special effects yet, but part, like, you know, prosthetic pieces, physical uh, uh, effects, and part, I'm guessing, I feel like there was some digitizing to smooth things out. I don't know if that's just me. Um, but it's like, at some points it looks realistic, some points it looks tacked on, it looks like she's wearing something. And that's only because you know her one way and all of a sudden you see her another way. So I wonder if you never, if I never saw the actress and I just saw this character, would I think that? And I, I, I like to think that I would because I always feel like I have an okay eye for that kind of stuff. I don't know. but And then I'm thinking to myself, what if I'm being really horrible and I don't have a good eye at all? And the and, um, uh, what's her name? I can't even remember her name. Uh, put, put, actually put weight on. But I'm almost positive that's not the case. This, um, so the kids... Uh, new Bobby and Sally are trying to squeeze her into a dress and she is just it's just not working uh, Henry Francis uh, I, I think I can do a, a bit of Henry Francis now that my voice is down a little bit Bets, Betty, Mrs. Francis but you gotta have a real New York accent uh, I know it's not good uh, so uh, Henry comes in he's like we got we gotta go uh, the, the governor or whoever is, uh, we gotta go to this thing or whatever I really don't know what it was I just know he had to go to something. And um, she's like, I cannot go. She put herself in bed. She goes, it's a women thing. I don't feel very good. And she had to decline. Or maybe it had to do with his mother. I don't know. I, I, I literally watch these shows. And I podcast about these shows. And I give you nonsense. Sometimes I'm so backwards that I give you the wrong episode first. Um, but you could see that, um, you know, she obviously gain weight and it i don't know if it affected henry henry seemed to be for the most part a good guy most of this episode then at the end uh, i thought he was a dick and uh i was uh he he's now on my shit list as far as the show is concerned he may come back uh but he's on the list and i will i will get there we'll get there um but henry doesn't make a big deal about it no problem then uh, Henry's mother, his mother, comes to visit, uh, and the kids are out. She's just home watching TV, and the mother basically calls it, you know, and says, "Listen, uh, Henry doesn't like when you're not able to come to those things. Um, he misses you there, and I understand how it is. You know, you get lazy, you get complete, you get comfortable." Um, and it just kind of gets out of control. She's basically saying, I know how it is. You ate too much and you put on some weight. And uh, she's like, listen, there's things you can do. You're, you're a young girl. You can bounce back. And you can go on diet pills. So uh, Betty's mother-in-law is telling her to go on diet pills to lose weight to make her husband happy. The husband who's not complaining about it at all. Because this mother is pretty much uh, a garbage person. And Betty called her and says, why don't you take the, the diet pills? Because she, this woman had a big head herself. Um, and believe me, I'm no, I'm no skinny guy. I, I try. I'm trying. I, I run. But uh, usually I run straight to the milkshake store. I don't know. what That doesn't make any sense. Um, I just love having this deep voice. I call it concert voice. I have it for a day or two. And then it's gone. And then I'm back up here. Hi, everyone. Um, 
But Betty does go to see a doctor. And, you know, you love, I, love, I love seeing doctors smoke. I love seeing doctors talk down to women. I, I mean, I don't love it, but it's just, you know what I mean. It's like so, like, with the time. And he's like, all right, here's what's going on here. Uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, um, you know, he shushes her while she's talking at one point. Um, he sees the doctor and, you know, the doctor, oh, my God, I'm so yawning. Oh, I'm so professional. The doctor says, um, you know, uh, oh, Betty says, can you maybe put me on a diet pill? I, I put on some weight and I just need some help getting a kickstart. And the doctor's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to put you on a diet pill without giving you an examination. Uh, she's like, well, my friend told you, told me that, you know, it, it would work. And he's like, is your friend a doctor? No. So he's like, all right, let's do a little examination. Go, you know, check this, check that. And then boom, he feels something on her neck. Ooh, yawning. He feels uh, something on the thyroid. There's a lump. Next thing we know, Betty runs home. She's in the house, this giant, you know, Adam's family looking house. And she's like, Henry, Henry. And Henry's nowhere to be seen. So what's the first thing she does? She calls into Don Draper's office. Uh, Mrs. Draper, uh, Mr. Draper, there is uh, Mrs. Francis on the phone with you. He's like, Bets, what's up? She kind of panics and tells him, you know, there's a lump. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, there's a, they found a lump. He's freaking out. And she, she says to him, tell me what you always tell me. And he's like, it's going to be okay. You could see there's still a relationship there. Whew, enough of a relationship that um, somebody gets a little jealous. Um, you're not jealous. There's a song about that by a Jonas Brother. I can't think of it right now, but it's it's a it's a hip song. The kids love it. So Betty, um, you know, Don just kind of talks her down. Then later on, we see Betty in a bathtub, and Henry comes in. And at this point, Henry already knows. And he's like, um, you know, you got to see a specialist or something like that. And she's, I think she wanted to put it off. He's like, I, I talked to someone. They can get you in tomorrow. She's like, tomorrow? <sighs> you know, because it's Betty. Um, and he gets her into the specialist. So Betty gets taken in. And Betty runs into a friend of hers, which I have to tell you. If we've seen her before, I do not remember her. And I'm not this person who, like you, like you, may have watched Mad Men weekly. Oh, wait, I watch it weekly. Never mind. But sometimes you, you're watching, then you have to wait a year. I watch it every week. I've never missed a week. I've missed a Friday, but I've never missed a week. Um, look, I missed a Friday, man. I'm sorry. So if we've seen this character before, you know, as one of her friends, I just don't recognize her. Um, but they start small talking and it was really weird because Betty's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, uh, I'm thinking to myself, Betty, you, you dummy. Sorry, I don't mean to say that, but she just, man, she just rubs me the wrong way. Um, the woman is like, well, you know, I'm getting treatment and you can see she looked a little sickly and she's like, she goes, Betty Draper. Oh, I'm Mrs. Francis now. I'm married. I've, I'm remarried. Uh, my husband's name is Henry too. She's married to Hank. And I was like, is there a Hank? I don't remember a Hank. It's bad enough having Harry and Henry. And I, I, I have to think of those names every time I say them. Um, but they, 
the woman talks her into going to lunch. Uh, Betty's still kind of trying to figure out what, you know, she doesn't know what's going on, but she's fearing the worst. And she goes to lunch with this woman, and they just have, like, this really kind of emotional talk about this woman dealing with cancer and having to kind of imagine, you know, you know, basically this woman thinks we should have just told the kids I got hit by a car instead of having to, to draw this out. Uh, so this woman just assumes she's going to die, which is depressing as all hell. Um, and, you know, she just she's been coming there for treatment for a while. The kids don't even know what's really happening. Um, whew. This yawning is the most unprofessional thing the podcast could do. And I don't care. Baby, that's made men. We hit record and we let it rip. Um, so, oh, where were we? Well, I mean, we see Betty a little bit here and there. Like, we see her celebrating Fourth of July with the kids, the sparklers, and the kids are having fun. Uh, but in the back of her mind, I think Betty's, like, freaking out. Uh, we see her have a dream where everyone's dressed in black. They're all eating one pancake. Um, and uh, Henry just keeps saying, if, if. Maybe I'll, let me do it in Henry's voice. If. I don't know if that was very good. Um, the mo- there's the mother there. Nobody's paying attention to Betty while she's in the room. Sally takes a table. It takes a chair, puts it on the table like Betty's spot is taken. Kind of a dream about death. Look, I, I would like television dreams are the best. You know, like I had a dream the other day that I think there was like something, some sort of adventure I was going to be on, and or like I skipped bail and and then I knew the guy who was trying to catch me, uh, and that was it. I was like living in a movie almost, or like just nonsense where I'm afraid that I I still have this dream where I have um, gone to. Uh, school and I a whole year has gone by and I forgot to study or test or anything. I mean, I have that dream all the time, but and I, maybe it means something I don't know. But uh, I, I've never had it like this, a dream so like like uh, prophetic and so symbolic. Oh, this chair means you are no longer here. I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but I just love television dreams. Now, uh, the nice thing is, Betty gets a call later. She's on the phone. She's on the phone. She's like, uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Very good. Sounds good. Oh, I, I jumped the gun. So uh, when Betty was in the bathtub, she didn't want Henry to look at her when she got out of bed, when she got out of the bathtub. She's embarrassed by herself. Uh, later on when they're in bed, uh, they do finally make sweet love. Uh, and I think Henry's been waiting and... and, and um, uh, Betty was finally ready to um, do it with him. And those are just little things I wanted to mention. I don't know why. But later she gets the call. And it turns out that the lump is benign, no cancer. And now she's like, oh, great. That just means I'm fat. You know, that's the most important thing to her. Um, I mean, when, when she had a mother, remember the mother was like, she used to say her mother was, would really treat her like crap. And then she was crappy to Sally. And now look at you, Betty. Now look what's happened to you. You don't have cancer. Maybe there's something with your thyroid or whatever. Um, but sorry, girl. So the episode, towards the end of the episode, we see Sally Draper. Um, and we see Betty Draper and Sally Draper having ice cream together. And, you know, Betty finished hers. Sally's eating hers. And she's like, all right, I'm done. I'm full. Can I go play? Yeah, go play. 
And then Betty's like, all right, I'm going to finish your ice cream as well. I think that's how the episode ended. But anyway, that's just Betty's story. Shall we go back to... Let's go all the way back. And Don and Don Draper. Because now there's two Dons. Don Draper. Let's go through his story. Uh, He is... Um, waking up with his wife, Megan. Megan? Right, yeah. Jesus, I'm so bad at this. I mean, I'm great at this, and thank you for listening. You're smart for choosing us. Me. So they wake up. Uh, oh, they're getting ready to go do something, and um, Don's like, you know, oh, my God, I'm completely completely stupid. Now I remember. So we see uh, Megan speaking French to her mother. Uh, I wanted to say Mogier, but I don't know what the mother's name is. I'll have to say mother in French. Um, so Betty is on the phone with her mother. Don's trying to get ready, running around, getting ready. They're both getting ready. And I said, Betty, oh my God, slip of the tongue. Megan is talking to her mother in French. And, um, side note, uh, my, my niece and nephew went to, uh, uh, Quebec, uh, my brother and his family. And they, you know, they speak French up there. So I told my niece and nephew they are seven and almost nine. And I was like, remember, now I go, I want to teach you uh, to say hello in French to them. You say, oui, oui, boo, doo, oui, oui, boo, boo, And I don't, like at first they weren't really paying attention. So I said it a couple times. You know, these kids are smart enough that they look at me and they know that I'm an idiot. They laugh at me and they're like, "Uncle," but um, the other day they they kind of said we we poo poo to me. I don't think they did it in Canada. I kind of wish they did, uh, and it all would have come back to me, and I would have been the bad guy, but it would have been hilarious, so it would have been worth it. Uh, luckily, these kids are too smart for me. Anyway, she's speaking French. She hands the phone to Don, and Don's like, "Bonjour," and he doesn't know what she's saying. I think they're going to meet or something like that. I don't know. But they're rushing out to go get to go um, get dinner. They're going to meet the Heinz people. And Don is, you know, they're ready to get dinner. And if, if I'm saying this wrong, if I'm out of order, I, I can't believe it. I just watched this friggin' episode. And I'm, like, totally thrown for a loop. Um, I took my dog out once but between the episode. But really, it doesn't. That, that, that's not worth. That's not a, a worthy excuse. Um so they're meeting with the Heinz people. They, they got a meeting with them. Uh, it's the, the guy and his wife and Don and Megan. And, you know, just small talk. They try not to talk about work, but it comes up. And somehow Megan awkwardly says, oh, how did you meet? Oh, we met through work. Don was divorced. Like, you know, in other words, we didn't we weren't together first. Um, I mean, he had a girlfriend, but he didn't have a wife. Uh, and the woman's like, oh, none of my business. And, you know, they're smooth talking to him. And... He starts talking about his daughter being home all the time. This is the guy from Heinz. And how all he loves is the Rolling Stones. And they have this they have this um this song. The song is like Time, time, time is on your side and Megan corrects it. It's on my side. And he's like, Oh you you oh yes it is. Um and he's like, you know, I just thought wouldn't it be great if they if you could get them to do a commercial that said Heinz, Heinz, Heinz is on my side and Don's like, Well, that's not how it works. I mean we could make a call. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. So he this he puts a call in. Um, they get a note. They get kind of a, 
at least they get to do a face-to-face, or so they're told. Uh, the Rolling Stones are playing uh, in, you know, someplace. I, I don't know where it was. It was at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so they're going, um, I don't know, wherever it was. They're going to get Harry, because he's the commercial man, and Don. And really, um, Don doesn't want anything to do with this. You know, it seems like uh, Harry was like, um, you know, we could we could go grab dinner first. And Don's like, nope. He's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll pick you up at 7.30. And, oh, you pick me up at 7.30. I have, I've already eaten. But you see, Harry was trying to impress Don. That was pretty funny. Don was like, nope, I don't want to eat with you. Sorry. They end up going to the uh, hotel and uh, not the hotel to the uh, to where the concert's going to be, and uh, they're just waiting around. They're notoriously late, so it's like they're just waiting, waiting. They end up meeting these two young women and talking, um, and they're just kind of like talking and talking and talking. Uh, Harry is like, you know, he's a little younger than Don, and he's completely like like thrown for a loop by these young women. He starts smoking some weed with them. And one of the women's like, come on, I can get you backstage. He's like, all right. He goes off with him. And the other girl ends up just staying with Don. And they, they talk a little, little flirty maybe. You know, like she takes off his ties, says loosen up. But it was a weird thing. It was like a couple seasons ago, I was like, oh, I don't, Don, who cares if Don has a wife at home? He's going to take this young gal and he's going to bed her. He shall bed thee. Uh, and it didn't happen here. Instead, to me, it seemed like, Don saw her as a young woman, as someone like his, not too much older than his own daughter. You know, I mean, maybe like eight, eight years older or something like that, but really not that much older. He never got, you know, he, he smiled, he talked, but he never got really, he didn't get inappropriate with her. She took off the tie and flirted, put it on. He just took it back. Um, I thought it was something, I thought it was really interesting how that, uh, how he kind of, I don't know if he evolved. I don't know if it's because he really respects his, his new situation and his new wife, uh, or if he just really likes his new wife. So why would he be a jerk? He didn't like his old wife. I don't know if that's what it is. Uh, but I just, I thought I was pretty impressed. And at one point, Harry runs out and he's like, I did it. I signed them. And he has a, he has a piece of paper in his hand. And then all the women are like, the Rolling Stones are here. And they rush in the other direction. And Harry's like, what? And it turns out Harry had signed some other band. They, he's like, they sounded so much like them. They even sang to me. It was like the Trade Winds or something like that, which I, they're a real. I looked it up. I think that's what they were called. Uh, the band I looked up, they're a real band. I think they're American. Um, so I don't know if they just threw, you know, they just kind of screwed with Harry. But he's like, what are we going to tell? You know, they, later they're, they're getting, it looks like they were getting White Castle because Harry was high. He was at the munchies. He ate like 19, 20 burgers. You could see he didn't really want to go home. He's supposed to be on a diet. You could see he was kind of like thrown for a loop. He's like, all those women are having so much fun. And they're getting high. And Don's like, you're high. Like, you know, you're not missing out. But it seemed like Harry was like, what am I doing missing out on this shit? Um, and a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happened in this episode. Um, later on... Uh, Harry, that was, so that was kind of the end, I think, for Harry. Harry just, he, he, he went home for the night. They failed. Like, what are we going to tell Hines? He's like, we tell him that Rolling, we couldn't get Rolling Stones. We're still trying or, you know, whatever. The Rolling Stones are not Hines material, I believe is what he said. Um, so while this was going on, 
uh, Don was also dealing with the fact that he knows about Betty. And at first he didn't tell Megan. Uh, and then the night after the Rolling Stones, he was exhausted. She wanted to go out to Fire Island. I think it must be the 4th of July because the kids, uh, Sally and Bobby, had fire firecrack, not firecrackers, uh, sparklers. Or as we like to say around here, sparklers. Um, so she wanted to go out to Fire Island. He did not really want to go at first. And he's like, you, you know, you're 26 years old. And I think he was trying to say that, you know, you, you all, you're going to go with your friends. All your friends are so young. What am I going to have in common with them? But the truth was he was kind of felt like he shouldn't be doing anything. And he told her about uh, um, Betty. Because later, before she said, what did Betty want? He goes, I don't know. He, he blew it off. He goes, I don't know what she wanted. Uh, and then he tells her the truth. They found a lump. She might be sick. And Megan's like, why didn't you tell me? Because I didn't want to worry you. I didn't want you to, you know, I didn't, I didn't want you to have to think about it or think anything. Megan's like, well, where do you think? I'd be happy about this. You know, of course, she starts saying, you know, I like, I love Sally and all these things. Like, Megan's doing the right thing, saying, you know, obviously, we take the kids. These are your kids, and I'll do everything I can. But Don's like, don't even think like that. Don't even think like that. She finally says, there's nothing you can do. And she talks him into going off, having a great day uh, with him. Now... We don't see any of that. But uh, later on, they, um, towards the end of the episode, uh, a lot of stuff happens. We'll get there. And um, Don sneak, you know, tells Roger, you know what? I'll, I'll, we'll get to that later. Let's go back into the office. And uh, it turns out that after doing some great work, Roger and Pete secured Mohawk Air into coming back. So everyone's excited about that. And Pete's like, you know, Roger, you need, you need to be, they want you to be the day-to-day guy on this. You are the, uh, you know, you, you, they really like you. And um, really, Pete is just setting Roger up. And Roger's all excited. Roger meets with them. Roger takes them out to lunch. Roger drinks too much. And Roger promised them their own copywriter. They need a copywriter. We need a copywriter. Boom, 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 boom. Um, so... He puts uh, Peggy in charge. Well, Peggy's like, great, I can do a, co- I can get a new copywriter. They're like, no, no, you need to hire someone. Uh, you, they, they need a penis. And Peggy's like, ah, I'll, I'll work on that. Peggy had some great one-liners, some great comeback. You can see she just, she's just confident around these men now, and it, it, I love it. Um, he goes, you know, find a, uh, find a handsome, find a handsome version of Don. She's like, I can. He goes, that'll be easy. And she walked off. Uh, and she interviews, you know, she looks through some resumes and some portfolios. This one's too thick. This one's too thin. Uh, this one, you know, was, was, it had the same Volkswagen kind of uh, um, idea that they have used. And um, then they see one that was like, ju- it said, lest, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. And had some good stuff in it. They liked it. Both her and Stan. I remember his name now. It's Stan. That's the like the cocky creative guy that she works with, who's kind of a jerk, but also kind of a nice guy too. It's weird. Um, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you don't want to deal with this guy." She goes, "No, he's the only good one." He goes, "All right." He do- oh, he's like, "Don't you don't you realize they're going to replace you?" She goes, "I like to work with creative people." He thought she should stand up for it, and she's like, "No, this is what they want. I'll give them what they want. Um, what you really, really want? I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna zig zig ha." I just broke into Spice Girls. I don't know where the hell that came from. Um, so she brings in this guy, Michael. I want to say Michael Ginsburg is the last name, I believe. Uh, yes, because they, re- they reference Alan Ginsburg. And this guy was like very like neurotic and very um, 
he was like you know very outspoken he was a little inappropriate uh and i i recognized the actor um i i didn't know he was in mad men except when i saw like pictures later on i was like oh this guy's in there he's on that show superstore right now he i know him from um i mean i've seen him probably seen him in other things but i i've seen him in silicon valley it's funny that again another actor where most people see these other shows and go that's the guy from mad men I'm watching Mad Men second, and I'm like, oh, that's the guy from these shows that happened later. Um, and he, so I remember seeing pictures of him in Mad Men or like, you know, looking up, in, you know, animated GIFs. So he must be part of the show for at least a little while longer. Um, but he's going for the job, and Peggy was kind of, oh, he kept saying, when am I going to meet Don? Who I usually, like, he, think, he thought of her as just like the secretary, the girl. Uh, before he gets to meet Don, he wants to meet Don. It's all about meeting Don. And Peggy, you know, was just about to blow him off. He kind of sweet-talked his way back into at least meeting more. Um, but he, she wasn't really sure about it. Later on, Roger was like, you got to hire this guy. I demand you to hire this guy. He was kind of, I mean, he was, I order you to hire this guy. Uh, we need him. We need, everybody's neurotic. Everyone's a jerk. We got to get this guy in here. This is what they want. Um, and he, he was jokingly saying you got to order it. It was some good conversation between him and Peggy. Um, so they later bring this guy back to um, – oh, and then Don – oh, my God. So Roger said, like, they, they – they, you know, they, they – I promised them a Jewish guy. Uh, you know, we, we already you – know, this time we'll hire, we'll hire him on purpose, you know. And what he was doing, he was motioning to Don has a black woman as a secretary, also named Don. And if you remember from the last episode, there was – you know, they put out that letter – Everyone kind of freaked about the cigarette, about, um, oh no, they put out the ad about, you know, we keep our windows shut and being wet, uh, you know, and in other words, we support uh, black people, African-American people. I don't know if that was even a term then, uh, you know, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, the, we support, they, they saw that as, a, as a, a sign of solidarity. That's why all those people showed up. And it looks like when they took the resumes, they found Don and they hired her. And it probably was out of guilt, but, you know, hopefully she just does good. She seemed like she was doing a fine job. And uh, Henry, uh, Harry made a comment like, both Dons, I don't know how we're going to be able to tell you apart. And then you can tell he looked at her and thought, oh, wait, you're black, he's white. You could see it in his head that he was like, oh, wait, did I say something racist? I didn't mean to do something like that. At least that's how I saw it, just the awkwardness in his face. Uh, Roger was like... um, you know, said something about Don, Don, and, and he goes, that's going to be confusing. He's like, what? She was the most qualified. Uh, but, of course, Roger said that racist thing later and sort of sort of anti-Semitic thing. Uh, but anyway, they bring this guy in. He meets with Don. He says some of the right things. He talks about the letter and how the letter. He, he refers to it as a letter and people knows what it, know what it means. He'd love to work with them. He would do anything to work there. He knows that he thinks this place is on the up and up, up and rising. He wants to be part of it. Uh, he was very weird. He's looking out the window, like kneeling on the couch later on. Uh, but Peggy says, you got the job. He's all excited. Then we see li- this character is going to be someone because we see him go home. Uh, he goes into this little apartment. He's living with his dad. And the dad gives him like a um, a Hebrew blessing. Uh, you could tell he was a little embarrassed by it. But he, like, he, did, he was like, come on, let's just make dinner. But the dad seemed really loving. Um, so kind of cool. This guy got the job he wanted. And he seems to be really creative and... Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of that. Now, the I want to say the uh, I was talking about the Mohawk Air. Uh, Pete was all excited. It was Pete, Lane, and Roger when they were talking about it at first. Uh, then Roger, you know, made the connections, got this copyright guy in there, 
And then Pete brings everybody in to the main lobby. He goes, I want to show you just how, you know, small this place will seem uh, or something, some kind of thematic thing where he's like, um, you know, and uh, we've re-signed Mohawk Air. And he takes a cloth off a thing and there's a little airplane there basically saying Mohawk is back. They've re-signed with us. Great. He goes, I, you know, I brought them back in. I hired a copywriter, you know, even though. Roger is the one who said hire the copywriter. Peggy's the one who hired the copywriter. Old Pete Campbell is the friggin' guy who's taking credit for it. And of course, he says, of course, Roger will be handling the day-to-day, but, everything, but I'll see what, everything that's going on. He undermined Roger in front of everybody. Everyone's clapping. You know, I don't know if everyone got it. Roger got it right away, and he just cold-stared him, walked off. Uh, Don Sartu walked off, and ha- walked off to check on Roger. And Roger was, like, fuming. He's like that little punk. He goes, you know... Oh, he looked at Peggy. He goes, I lied before. This is the last guy I've ever hired. Basically, Pete's the last guy he hired. He can see the writing on the wall that he's kind of, his timing is towards an end. Um, he said something about Pete because I, I helped that kid into, uh, into a swing. You know, I pulled his arm up and put him on a swing. And I thought, wait, did he? No, Pete's dad was not in advertising. Pete's, Pete's parents did not like advertising. I think that was more of a th- like a symbolic thing. At first I thought, wait, was Pete like a kid around these people too? But I don't think so. I think that was all symbolic. And Roger's like, um, Don was like, it was, um, you know, it was disrespectful. Uh, but, you know, what the frick was that? I'm outside in the dark and something just flew over. I don't know if it was a bat or it was probably just a dragonfly. But the shadow it made was immense. It was like Mothra. Um, so Don was like, it's disrespectful that he did that. And... Um, he said, you know, and you could see Don, something was on his mind. He said, Benny's got cancer. Now, we already know. I already said it, and we already know as the audience that Betty does not have cancer. Betty's tumor or the lump was benign. Um, so Don's like, oh, Roger's like, really? Huh. She goes, well, I don't know. I don't know for sure. She's getting some tests back. So, okay. So at least he said that. And then Roger said, well, that would that would take care of things. Like, if she was gone, that would make things a little easier. I was like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ, Rod. And he's like, he goes, I just think of the kids not having a, a mother anymore. And, uh, you know, Megan's, you know, Megan would try. But, and Don's like, Roger's like, oh, the whole life-death thing, I, I'm done with it. In other words, he doesn't, He, I guess he's thinking of himself old, and he's just trying not to think about it anymore. Um, God, the acting on this show is freaking so good. So good. You, Roger, you, you like you could see him be happy, drunk, pissed, uh, broken down, undermined, and then be a, 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 a prick and a pervert, and you, you love him no matter what because the guy does it, John Slattery does it so freaking good. Um, and the same with Don. You know, you can't help but root for this guy. You want him to win. You want him to succeed, and yet he's not. He's so flawed, and it's unbelievable. But maybe we saw some growth in him today. Um by the fact that he didn't sleep with the girl at the concert. So, you know, Don's, uh, Roger's like, do you want me to make the call? And Don's like, no, I'll, I got to do it. I'll do it. So he calls back to the house and Henry Francis answers. And he's like, Henry Francis, because that's how he answers the, the phone. Henry Francis. Henry, it's Don. Oh, hello, Don. Uh, what can I do with you? I wanted to call to see how... Uh, if there's any te- anything new with Betty, Henry's like, oh, I didn't know you. Uh, she's fine, Don. She's out of the woods. 
He's like, oh, great. That's great. He goes, anyway, we got, we got supper on the table. He's okay. I'll let you go. Hangs up on him. It's free. And then Betty goes, uh, uh, Henry, who was it? Uh, it was nobody. So this jealous prick thinks it's so bad that Betty called Don to tell him she was sick. And that Don called Betty to check on how she was doing. Henry, you jackass. These people have kids together. They have three kids that you're raising. You idiot. If anything ever happened to Betty, do you think you're going to keep those kids? Those kids go to the dad. And the fact that the, um, you know, if something was happening, if she was sick, if she had to be taken to doctors all the time, if the kids needed to be covered for and cared for, the father's going to step in. You jerk. So Henry Francis... As I said, Henry Francis, I'm not going to say your, your um, duck level for, for letting a dog go loose, um, but your dick level for being a dick, you know. Um, I just, like, I saw that and I was like, oh, nope, nope, sorry, Henry. You know, Don ain't great and I know you're jealous and there's some weird, like, I, I, I uttered these words today while watching this episode. I said, oh, my God. Betty and Don are going to get back together, aren't they? I just, for some reason, that moment where Betty called Don, Don calmed her down. You can see they still cared for each other, even though Don was a shit to her, even though, uh, you know, he, he was not a great husband to her at all. Um, you can see there was something still there. We saw it when they sold the house and they, they, had a glass of, they had a glass of wine together or a glass of liquor or whatever. They shared a drink. And um, Don was like, I got married. And, or he said, I met someone and we got, is that when he said I got married? I forget. It's kind of crazy. It's a, yeah, wait. Yeah. He got married at the end of the, of the season. Right. I'm thrown. I, I watch these shows back to back to back to back. Uh, every week you get thrown for a loop, but there was kind of a little connection there where Betty was like, Oh, you could almost see like, Oh, because she didn't really care for Henry Francis that much. I think. I'm not sure how much she likes this dude. He came in when she was very vulnerable. She had a crappy husband treating her like crap. And he was like, Betty, I will treat you so much better. And Betty was like, oh, really? I like that. And now she she wasn't loving it. That, that, you know, when the whole thing with Carla went on and moving, she wasn't. She Then she got heavy. She could see she's just... You know, I don't know if it's depression. I don't know what it is. But um, she, uh, she, there's some kind of the way that she had to talk to Don. To me, just thought, wait a second. Like the way they just spoke to each other. I was like, oh my God. They're going to get back together. I don't know anything. I kind of hope they don't. Don's got Megan. And Betty has got Henry. They're perfectly fine. They have their lives. The kids are used to it now. You know, don't screw this up again. Uh, I don't want it to happen. But it just popped in my head. And the fact that Henry Francis is so jealous to think these things too, when you know they have kids, pissed me off. Pissed me off. Uh, Megan's like, oh, no. And Henry's like, I'm not going to tell you who the, the, the father of your children was on the phone. It's like, screw you, Henry Francis. Screw you. Matt, that, my friends, I think I've covered everything 
that happened in this episode. This was just a regular Mad Men episode, and yet I feel like, wow, I've talked for 40 minutes. I mean, this is almost as long as the two-parter. But you know, I feel like the two-parter, there was some, you know, some moments that were just easy to talk about, light and kind of, you could get through it pretty quick. This, a lot happened here, a lot, and I loved it. And I'm sure I missed out on some things. I know I skipped some things, but, you know, I got the gist of it, kids. So, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for sticking with me. I want to thank you for not punishing me for being a day late. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And this is the time. Now, I don't know how it's going to sound because I have my deeper voice because of the concert. But I'm going to try, and I think it might actually sound, like, sexier than usual. We'll find out. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna go down. I'm going to go very down into the coolest announcer voice I can think of. And I want to thank you for coming along with me on this adventure. You could choose any Mad Men podcast, but you choose mine. My friends, you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. Mean, made man. What's that? My friends, that's me. I am going on a journey of every Mad Men season episode, and I podcast about it every week, and that is the journey. I'm, I'm rambling now. That is the journey I take, and I want to thank you. I can't do it. I sound like I'm, I, I don't know what, I feel like I'm going to hurt my vocal cords, but here we go. I'm just going to go for it. I want to thank you for coming along with me. I'm going to start laughing on this adventure as I strive to achieve the status of Made Man. The mosquitoes are eating my ankles alive. I need to go back in the house. Fans not expert.